the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here we go again. His Excellency Tom Wolf and his Aunt Rachel held a press conference today. And they also brought in a doctor from Philadelphia. You know, you got to have somebody from out of town because if they're from out of town, that makes them more of an expert. Uh, anyway, we were told that a shocking upsurge has occurred in the number of Wuhan virus cases in Pennsylvania. Of course, Aunt Rachel also pointed out at the same time uh, that she uh, that uh, the, the numbers were pointed out about the uh, the number of cases going up that they were also able to do more testing than ever before. Imagine that. So is the disease spreading faster, or are we just finding out about it because of the testing? That seems like a pretty simple thing to me, but, you know, I'm not a doctor. And Aunt Rachel said that a large number of cases were, were people between the ages of 18 and 40. That's the reason that restaurants are now going to be limited to 25% capacity, I guess, as well as some other ridiculous restrictions. And everybody's supposed to wear a mask almost all the time, of course. And, of course, there's absolutely no data to support the idea that anybody between the ages of 18 and 40 is in danger of dying from COVID-19. Last I checked, that was just a couple of days ago, um, two people under the age of 44 had died in western Pennsylvania from the virus in the four months that it's been around. Two. That's right. Two under the age of 44. And that's in a total of 20 counties. Two people. Now, most of the people in that age group who get the disease have no symptoms or mild symptoms, but for some reason we're all supposed to panic now because a few thousand of them have caught the bug. Nowhere during the address from His Excellency or Aunt Rachel were the number of hospitalizations or deaths mentioned, and it took a few questions uh, before somebody from the media finally asked about it. Uh, Aunt Rachel, of course, said we uh, probably won't see hospitalizations because there's a lag time from the time when you detect the cases and when they show up in the hospital. And we also learned, by the way, that as of right now, 88 people in Pennsylvania are on ventilators. That's 88 in the entire state. Remember when we were told that the big issue was not allowing hospitals to be overrun with patients? So let's see what we were told today. We were told there's been an upsurge in cases among people who rarely, if ever, have serious problems with the disease. But we were also told that new restrictions have to be put in place to prevent being overrun with cases, even though the cases that we will be overrun by would be by people who probably won't need to go to the hospital. <laughs> They'll just be, you know, sick. So we're being told that restaurants can only be at 25% capacity and masks should be worn everywhere because a group of the population that has not died nor been hospitalized in uh, any significant numbers at all uh, were bad people because uh, they went to bars and restaurants, didn't wear their masks as much as they should, and they sat too close to each other and they caught the disease. And from listening to Aunt Rachel today, I got the impression that the groundwork was being laid today for announcing that there would be no in-person school in Pennsylvania in August or September. And that, I would bet money that that's coming. And when we come back, we're going to talk to the director of school choice at the Reason Foundation about that, school choice, and how much uh, this has been an advertisement for it. Also coming up in our second half hour, we're going to talk to someone who says that the media uh, has been hiding, well, not hiding, but burying the good news numbers from the beginning with this pandemic and uh, helping to create the panic from the pandemic. We'll do all that when we come back. Stick around. The people in this movie share three things in common. They're courageous. They've had a life-changing experience. And they're black American conservatives. These are the voices of the movie. 
Uncle Tom. I don't remember the actual day, but I remember the emotion that I felt when it when it happened. I'm often asked, was there an epiphany? I started asking questions. As I became more politically aware, a lot of the way that I saw things began to change. All of this information I've been taking in for several years. A continuation of these kind of contradictions. I had bought into all of these lies. You begin to see what the real agenda is. This is the movie the leftist Democrats do not want you to see. These are the people they do not want you to hear. Their stories will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. Their courage will challenge you. Go to UncleTom.com. Buy it now on pay-per-view. UncleTom.com. Do you have the courage to discover the truth? We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrpittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. windowsrpittsburgh.com. You've heard all the lies about President Trump. Trump is a racist. Trump is Putin's pet. Here's the truth. Trump is the most effective conservative president that America has had in decades. And every lie they spread about him is targeting you. This is Kurt Schlichter, and my new book is called The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. It does what no other book does. It knocks down the 21 biggest lies about our president with facts and logic and humor. Trump obstructed justice. Trump hates immigrants. These are big lies. And the reason for the lies is simple. President Trump is the first president in a long time to stand up for the Constitution and for conservative principles. And when the left wants to tear down everything this country stands for, my new book, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You, explains why this president's courage and common sense are exactly what we need today. This is the most important book of the year. Read it and you'll agree. The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You by me, Kurt Schlichter. Get it wherever books are sold. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Born. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Now, most parents and uh, kids have no idea what school's going to be like in the fall or even if there's going to be school. Los Angeles and San Diego schools announced a couple of days ago that there would be no in-person school until health conditions allow it. Uh, every day you can find a great advertisement for why there should be school choice for everybody. And Corey DeAngelis is the director of school choice at the Reason Foundation, and he joins us now. Corey, are you there? Yes, thank you for having hey, me. Hey, it worked. We tried to have you on <laughs> yeah. yesterday. Apologize for the mix-up. Uh, that was just kind of a technical glitch there, but we apparently fixed that. So uh, thanks for being here, though. Yes, it's, I'm glad we got it figured out. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so has this hysteria over uh, COVID-19 been a great advertisement for school choice? Absolutely, because a lot of families are seeing that the school systems might not reopen and might might not even be serving their children at all, or if they are, they might just be providing some inadequate version of remote learning, which we saw in 
you know, in the spring. And a lot of families don't want that. So they're, they're looking for other options. And, you know, you have a lot of families in certain states reporting that they're going to switch to homeschooling. But then you have other families who, uh, you know, would like to get back to work. And so they're pushing for things like education savings accounts and, you know, private school voucher programs. Pennsylvania already has two of these private school choice programs. And one was actually uh, introduced in the legislature yesterday uh, that would uh, allow funding to go back to the families to help them offset the cost of homeschooling or private education. Yeah, that's called uh, Back on Track um, Education Account Scholarship. Do you know what that's all about? Yep, that's the Back on Track uh, Education Savings Account or Education Scholarship Account, which is essentially... The idea that the money just goes back to the families um, and it is to help them get back on track uh, with schools reopening or not uh, to help them cover the cost of educating their children. Because, again, a lot of the a lot of the schools are just saying that they're either not going to reopen or they're going to provide some type of, you know, just uh, blended learning option, which doesn't really help families all that much if they're trying to get back to work. And this particularly has a negative impact on lower income families that rely on, you know, two incomes or even, you know, single uh, one parent households. So, um, you know, this, this program would be targeted mostly to disadvantaged populations by income. Um, higher income communities would be able to take advantage of it as well, but they, they're starting it out with, uh, you know, being open to 500 different, 500,000 different students and that money would follow the, uh, the, the child to wherever they're getting an education, whether that's, you know, in that remote learning setting or whether it's at home or even at a private school, uh, you, those, those funds would be able to be used for any of those types of situations. I will say it's not a huge dollar amount, but it is the, a step in the right direction. And it would be, uh, uh, the, the mechanism is that it would re- use already allocated CARES Act funding that's already sitting in, an, uh, in a restricted account in Pennsylvania. Um, and it would use $500 million of those dollars and just allow that funding to follow the child instead of the school system. That's great. Now, uh, that would uh, seem to be a really bad precedent for people who hate school choice because it, that's yeah, exactly well, what it is. It's giving, it's giving the parents the money and saying, here, you I mean, pick a school. I mean, it's how, we, it's how we structure almost any other taxpayer-funded initiative, whether it comes to education or anything else. Just think about it. It was Pell Grants at the higher education level or the GI Bill for, for veterans. This is money that goes to individual students or adults that can take that money to a public university or a private university of their choice. Uh, that funds individuals and not systems. You think about pre-K programs, a lot of pre-K programs, the money goes to the families, and the families can pick whether they want to use that money at a public provider or a private provider of, of, the, uh, of the service. Uh, teachers' unions seem to be taking advantage of the hysteria, though, to push their agenda, are they? Yeah, well, I mean, you look at places like uh, Los Angeles, uh, the teachers' unions argued that they, they aren't going to reopen unless uh, they shut down charter schools, which doesn't make any sense, That, but it makes sense if you're looking at it through the lens of a monopolist where uh, your, your, your uh, goal is to shut down all forms of competition. It seems like they're using the pandemic as an excuse to get whatever they want. So they, they said that they don't want to reopen unless they shut down their competition. And they included a bunch of other things in the proposal, such as Medicare for all and defunding the police, which don't seem like it has a lot to do with educating children. And then I, and I will say back to the Pell Grant analogy, which what I was trying to talk about uh, with this proposal in Pennsylvania, similar to that, where you're funding individuals and systems. And then we also do the same thing with food stamps. Uh, we fund individual families with food stamps, and we allow them to pick a provider of the service, whether that's uh, Walmart, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. We don't residentially assign people to a particular grocery store that's run by the government and say you have to spend your food stamps there. No, we allow the families rightly to pick the provider of the service. And so that's essentially what this would do with this Pennsylvania proposal back on track ES education savings accounts is that we would fund the families instead of the system and allow them to choose where to allocate those dollars. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think most people can get behind this. And once you start allowing people to have these types of options, 
they fight really, really hard to keep the options. You look at places like Florida, where you have over 100,000 students using uh, private school choice programs there. And some may argue, and some argued in the Wall Street Journal, that that actually tipped the governor's race in favor of Ron DeSantis because he was pro uh, school choice and his opponent, Gillum, was anti-school choice. Uh, and so you, you turn families into this kind of new special interest group where they fight really hard to, to keep this benefit for their children. We're, we're talking to Corey DeAngelis. He's the director of school choice at the Reason Foundation. Um, and uh, you, you also write that the American Federation of Teachers says that it'll take $116 billion to reopen. Uh, that, those, that number comes from all those other demands that they want? It's a lot of money, and it's uh, pretty interesting given the context that the CARES Act already allocated $13.3 billion to the public schools uh, across the United States, across the, the, all the states, and only about 2% of that funding has already been spent. And this, this was money that was already allocated to help with reopening schools, but a lot of the schools are, are not opening, and now they're using this kind of a position to say, oh, well, uh, you know, we need some more money. We need $116 billion more billion, which is a lot of money. That's twice the amount that the federal government spends as is on the entire K-12 education system uh, in the most recent school year. And, and that's similarly large, if you think about it, uh, about the same size or almost the same size as the amount that the United States dedicated to the Marshall Plan, which was uh, the plan to rebuild Europe after World War II. This is a lot of money we're talking about, and um, I'm not saying that we shouldn't allocate money to schools to, to, to help with this transition. All I'm saying is that if we're going to allocate the money, the money should follow the, the children and the families, especially if those schools are saying that they're not going to reopen, and especially since there's a lot of families who are trying to get back, back to work, and it's really hard to do that when they structured their work experience and their lives around the school system being there for them. And if it's not going to be there for them, they should have other options. So I'm not saying well, that defund the schools altogether. I'm just saying out, just allocate those dollars to the families. Keep funding, keep funding the same for as, long, as far as I'm concerned. Well, if, um, if teachers' unions disappeared tomorrow, would we have school choice by next week? It's hard to tell uh, what the time frame would be. I mean, these things take a lot of time, but uh, it does seem to be one of the biggest opposition to school choice is the teachers union. Um, and, and and that doesn't mean that they're evil people or anything. They're, they have a job that they're trying to do, uh, and that is to protect, uh, uh, you know, people's jobs. And it's not necessarily about the education of students. And that's kind of their role. But they, they have a lot of political influence in the United States. And I think it's one of the reasons why, you have uh, certain politicians who support things like Pell Grants and, and pre-K programs, which are essentially vouchers at the pre-K level and the, and the higher education level. But then at the same time, they turn around and say, well, we don't want vouchers for the K-12 level. That's it completely logically inconsistent until you start considering the power dynamics when it comes to the entrenched Teachers Union Special Interest Group and protecting the, that uh, geographic monopoly system. Well, the argument always has been, it seems to me, that um, that if you allow people to take their money and spend it somewhere else, or if you give people money and let them take it where they want to take it, it will. It's it's it, it amounts to defunding schools, and that's bad because the schools need the money. But they don't seem to mention well, that uh, if that person takes that money and leaves, that's one less person that that school has to teach. Yeah. Yeah. And government run schools get to keep a lot of the money for the kids even after they leave. They don't get to keep all the money, but they get to keep a lot of it. And so on a per pupil basis, the government schools actually financially benefit when they lose students to school choice competition. Um, so they should be happy about that. Just think about if I took. If I was a food stamp recipient and I switched from Walmart to Trader Joe's and just further imagine that Walmart got to keep 20 to 30 percent of my food stamps each week, Walmart would be super happy about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of us would think that would be ridiculous. But uh, and similarly, the public school system should be super happy they get to keep any of the money at all, because, again, on a per pupil basis, they actually end up with more money per child left behind. And my other response to that is. You know, you won't lose any money if you're doing a good job. If the families are satisfied with your product, 
they won't leave your school. And so you wouldn't have anything to worry about if, if you actually did an adequate job at providing an, an adequate education to children. And so school choice doesn't, you know, siphon away money from public schools. The public school system siphons away money from families, and school choice just returns that money to the rightful owners. The, the children don't belong to the school system, and the, the education dollars don't belong to the school system. They're meant for educating children, not prop, propping up this monopoly system, and I think more people need to start understanding that. Yeah, why did the Pennsylvania Association of School Administrators um, lobby to prevent families from accessing virtual uh, charter schools? I guess oh, during they the knew pandemic. That, 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 well, schools are funded based on enrollment counts, at least partially. And so when you lose students, you lose a lot of money. And they mm-hmm. knew that a lot of families, they, they, they even said this out loud. Um, I think the... Uh, uh, the executive director of the Pennsylvania Association of School Administrators, I think his name is Mark DeBrucco, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he explicitly said that they were worried that they were going to lose a lot of money because a lot of families were reporting that they that they would like to you know switch to virtual charter schools. So um, they didn't get everything they wanted. Pennsylvania didn't completely outlaw switching to virtual charter schools. But they got the, the next best thing when it comes to protecting a monopoly, which is they uh, technically allow families to switch to virtual charter schools during the pandemic in Pennsylvania, but they did not allow any of that money to follow the child to those virtual schools. Um, and so it essentially incent, you know, uh, provides backwards incentives for schools to do the right thing, because if you do the right thing and you accept new students during the pandemic, and you're a virtual charter school, you don't get any extra money. And so it's, it's a, an additional cost uh, of educating new students, not being, you know, uh, compensating for serving new students. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, this didn't happen in a lot of states, but Pennsylvania is one of the states that did this first. Um, and it's, it's, it's uh, not a very good thing for families who are looking for options like right now for, for the, uh, the, the you know the school association of school administrators to block families uh, or at least limit their ability to switch to options right now it's not a very good thing i have about a minute and a half left here cory uh, cory deangelis is the director of school choice at the reason foundation uh the republicans have always uh, talked a good game about school choice they say they're for it but it never happens uh are they are they as serious about it as they should be are they doing enough to to uh force it well, a lot of states do have some type of private school choice program. As I said, Pennsylvania already has a couple, uh, you know, two tax credit scholarship programs. I think they could be expanded. And, you know, Pennsylvania, the House and Senate uh, passed a bill, uh, I think it was just last year, to expand those programs to have access, you know, to have even access to more private school choice. Uh, but the governor, I believe his name's Tom Wolf. Uh, vetoed this uh, bill that would have provided more scholarships to more students. So, um, you know, it's kind of tough when you when you have someone that's blocking, uh, you know, these opportunities for for families. And what did they use for an excuse to block it? I have a little, less than a minute to go here. What 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 do they use for an excuse? Is it always about the the money? We don't have, we can't afford it, or it's going to. Well, Defund well, the yeah, it has a lot, lot to do with money. I think Tom Wolf said something like, "We can't afford this right now," even though the tax credit scholarships are funded at way lower amounts than the government-run schools. So theoretically, it should lead to, you know, a taxpayer savings. So that wasn't a really good an argument. And he also brings up arguments often that he says that, you know, uh, private and charter schools are quote unquote unaccountable, which is totally baloney because these schools are directly accountable to families. And you should think about how a lot of public schools aren't, you know, uh, accountable to their customers. And, you know, you have public schools for decades that continue to get more money despite underperforming. Gordy, I'm out of time. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Arizona, Texas, and Florida are together reporting about 25,000 new coronavirus cases as new restrictions aimed at combating the spread of the pandemic take hold in the U.S. and around the world. Alabama will begin requiring face masks after the state reported a pandemic high of 40 deaths in a single day. Delta Airlines says it expects to take a charge of up to $3.3 billion.
to calculate the cost of early retirements and buyouts for employees as it shrinks in response to a sharp decline in air travel. The airline said this week that 17,000 employees have agreed to depart the company. Stocks rose today on Wall Street following some encouraging, though very early, results in developing a coronavirus vaccine. The Dow pushed forward 227 points. The Nasdaq up 61. The S&P gained 29. This is SRN News. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. Half man, half motorcycle. In life, there is no stopping. Don't stop. But if you do, make sure no one is behind you. Progressive Motorcycle also presents basic policies starting at $75 a year. Progressive Motorcycle, for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy is not available in all states. AT&T, $76 a month. Verizon Wireless, $83 a month. Sprint, $92 a month. That's what the average family of four is saving a month by switching to Pure Talk USA. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. Go to puretalkusa.com, enter the promo promo code half off and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month here talk usa.com promo code half off here talk usa simply smarter wireless Dan Proft explains the two different protests happening now. One is the the traditional protest by black urban dwellers about uh, police treatment. And another is a protest being driven by the uh, sons and daughters of 60s radicals who are underemployed. Their uh, medieval poetry uh, BA from Vassar only allows them to be a barista. And it's a problem. The Dan Proft Show. Weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Do you or your business have financial problems? Problems. Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. The Answer Pittsburgh celebrates the high school class of 2020, and we'd like to reward your college-bound seniors' achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at TheAnswerPGH.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Media Group, Salem Surround, and this station. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. I am a Senior Corps RSVP volunteer. I build teams and friendships and families. I build lives and communities. And myself. Join Senior Corps RSVP. Lead by experience. At SeniorCorps.gov. Studies show decades of increased taxpayer spending per student has failed to improve educational performance. Can't we do better? Pittsburgh's Christian schools say we can. If you're looking for a safe environment for kids to learn, challenge, and grow, where character matters and academic excellence is served by highly qualified teachers who partner with parents, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees while they last at theanswerpgh.com slash tuitions. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Hanging on to delays on the Parkway East outbound. It's all stacked up Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. At least six minutes extra for your delay there. Inbound, it's also heavy edge with Swissvale to the tunnel and into the Fort Pitt Bridge, a minor delay as well. Parkway West, that looks pretty good right now. Let's check out uh, 79. No major issues right now. Accident north for sales on 30 near Graham Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Clear to partly cloudy. Tonight's low 68. Humid with clouds and sun with some strong thunderstorms around in the afternoon hours. High 87. Thursday night showers and a thunderstorm. Otherwise cloudy and humid. Low 69. Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm. High 86. And for Saturday, partly sunny. High 90. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show. 
on AM 1250. The answer. Well, His Excellency Tom Wolfe and his Aunt Rachel held a press conference a little while ago. They announced new restrictions. Said everybody has to hop on one foot when they go outside from now on. Actually, they didn't say that, but if they did, you'd see thousands of people hopping around on one foot uh, in uh, Pennsylvania. They gave us a lot of numbers about the upsurge in cases in Pennsylvania. And, of course, they also mentioned that they tested more people than ever before. So what's going on? What are the important numbers? Well, Terry Jones of IssuesAndInsights.com said a couple of weeks ago that the press was burying the good news. He joins us now. Terry, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, John. So, uh, Terry, what numbers were being buried back, this was a couple of weeks ago when you guys at the uh, site said this, what numbers were being buried and they are, are they still being buried? Yes, they are. I mean, the, the relentless focus all along on this thing has been in, uh, you know, the spike in cases. You see that frequently in the headlines, cases spike. Well, the cases have spiked largely because we're testing so many more people every day. And those mm-hmm. tests are, of course, fighting more people who have the, uh, the disease. That's not even surprising. Everybody admits that's the case. If you talk to the CDC, that's the Centers for Disease Control, the, the, the federal authority on this, they suggest that uh, the actual number of cases might be 10 times or more higher than the 3.3 million that, that we already count. So that's, that's a big problem for us, not knowing actually how many uh, people have this disease. But what's of greater significance is, as if you look over the, the long term, going back to, and by long term I'm talking about in terms of this disease, going back to March or April, it peaked in late, late April, and since then uh, the deaths, the weekly death toll from this have been steadily declining. That almost always gets ignored by the media when they talk about this. What they instead focus on is the spike in the number of cases. Well, in fact, the total number of people dying from this has been on a slow but steady decline. There's a little bit of an uptick after uh, July 4th, but it looks like it's on its way back down again. Well, um, it's interesting because, uh, as I mentioned, the uh, the governor here in the uh, health whatever it's called, health secretary. Um, I forget. I think that's what the, uh, the position is, health secretary. Anyway, they, they held a press conference, and um, um, they went through all kinds of numbers and, and telling people that there were going to be new restrictions. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and they never mentioned the number of deaths or hospitalizations. They, they, all they mentioned was the number of new cases. And they also, in the same breath as saying that they have this upsurge in, in uh, confirmed cases, uh, the health secretary also said that they've tested more people in the last, I don't know, X number of days than they've ever tested before. It seems like a pretty obvious thing to me. Yeah. It, I mean, yes, it but no, they didn't even mention deaths or hospitalizations. No, and deaths, deaths and hospitalizations are, are, are all important uh, in, in, the, in the calculus for this whole thing. And They're the it, only it, thing that's important to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tragic because we're making a public policy decision based on the wrong data. And whenever that mm-hmm. happens, of course, you have, you have uh, serious problems. And, you know, the, we're having this debate now even whether we should be opening schools again in fall, which is... You yeah. know, literally absurd because you know study after study after study around the around the world and here in the U.S. show that uh, kids are little affected by this. They don't seem to be passing it on to parents or even to other kids. It's more likely to be going the other way. So they'd probably be actually safer in school than they would at home. But uh, and and again, this, this there are multiple studies showing this. So it's, this is not something I'm making up out of out of uh, thin air. But uh, you know, the, these things get get ignored. And you mentioned you know the the death rate. The death rate is down since uh, you know since it since the the peak was reached. The peak day was May seventh when two thousand seven hundred forty two people died on that, mm-hmm. on that day. Since then. The rate, uh, the rate is down. The daily rate is down roughly seventy-three percent. That's in uh, month, you know, two months. 
So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very strong trend down. And uh, the problems we have are that the people that are most vulnerable are not the ones that we're looking out uh, for. We're, we're doing all sorts of things uh, with, you know, with regards to kids who have a virtually zero chance of dying from this and with uh, people out and about doing their shopping who you know, have jobs and whatnot or used to have jobs. And it's, instead, we should be focusing on uh, older people who seem uniquely vulnerable to this and spending our resources on that rather than just you know, asking whether we should uh, you know, be closing stores and restaurants and businesses and things of that sort, which just seems to me to be plainly crazy. And it also you know, discounts the fact that uh, things such as suicide and uh, you know, child abuse and uh, drug abuse and alcohol abuse all rise and you start having uh, you know, mass shutdowns of the economy and people lose their jobs and lose incomes and can no longer go to work and take care of their families. So these are the things that should be balanced out but never do get balanced out in the end run. Well, they, the, uh, the governor and the, and the health secretary today spent a good bit of time trashing Florida and saying, we don't want to be Florida. Uh, because of the increased numbers in Florida, but on a per capita basis, Florida's not even close to uh, New York, New Jersey, or I don't, maybe, I don't think Pennsylvania either. Yeah, no, it's not. It, it's it's still well below those, both in death and in in death rates. And remember, Florida is essentially uh, a, an an old folks' home with nice beaches. I mean, mm-hmm. they have lots right. of elderly people, so they should have a really, really huge. Uh, death rate, and they do not. And there are lots of reasons for that. Uh, but they they never bought into the uh, you know the massive lockdown that that other states bought into, and, and including California, which is you know the, the they've just we've just have had a second wave of lockdowns because we had a a spike in uh, in, in our uh, infection rate, and and in uh, uh, also in uh, hospitalizations. What they didn't say is that. A lot of the increase in the hospitalizations and the infection rate has taken place along the border when people are crossing the border to get medical care in our emergency rooms. And so uh, this is, you know, and I'm not blaming them or anything of, of that sort. I'm just saying it's a very complicated picture here, and shutting down the entire economy doesn't seem to make much sense to me. We're talking to Terry Jones of IssuesAndInsights.com. Uh, you can check out their stuff at, uh, at their website, IssuesAndInsights.com. Um, and, uh, Terry, have the number of deaths been exaggerated from the beginning, and are they still being exaggerated? Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, even, even the, you know, when you, when, you look, when you look at what's going on right now, uh, you know, if you just take say, state by state and look at the deaths, There's, there are two things going on. One is they, they count the number of COVID-19 deaths, and then they count the number of COVID-19-related deaths, basically, the ones that have COVID-19 as a, as a possible factor. And, uh, but they also count people who may suspect have COVID-19, even though there hasn't been a test. And that, that's a huge problem. And we, we've seen, uh, you know, reports, it's, it's mostly anecdotal, but uh, we've seen reports uh, around uh, the country that, as, you know, 10, 15, 20% of the, of the deaths reported really have nothing to do with uh, COVID-19 at all. In, in one case, they found five deaths in Washington State attributed to COVID-19 that were, in fact, uh, shooting deaths. Uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of tough to blame those on COVID-19. The bullet uh, you know, was that, infected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By that standard, uh, you know, uh, poor George Floyd would be a COVID-19-related death. Um, so, you know, those, those kinds of things uh, are really, uh, you know, highly you know, highly questionable, uh, just the way they count in the first place. But even uh, Dr. Uh, Deborah Burks, who is uh, in charge of the CDC, 
uh, of the CDC's uh, uh, coronavirus efforts, uh, you know, she suggested that 20-25% of, of all the deaths might not be actual COVID-19 deaths. So we have a hugely uh, inflated number there, and we, we did not do this in past in past uh, epidemics. This time it seems like they're going out of their way to enlarge the base of, of people to whom they can attribute their deaths to, um, in the, to, the, uh, to the virus. So, Do you have any uh, theories on why they're doing that? I have my personal theories, but uh, you know, I, I don't have proof of it. But I, right. I, I do I do believe it. You know, it, it's, it doesn't take uh, you know a, a, a big leap of logic to to look at the way the country is going right now and the the bitter political splits and divisions that have mm-hmm. developed in recent months, and to suggest that there might be some uh, political uh, input yeah. in this, but. That said, I'm, you know, I don't have, I don't have uh, evidence of that. I don't have, you know, I, I merely have suspicions. So, you know, you, you, you wait and you see and you, you hope that's not the case because I think this is far too important. Uh, you know, the health and safety of our population should come first to anybody. And the fact that or the idea that uh, it might be, uh, you know, it might be the other politics is coming first is a really uh, you know upsetting uh, idea to me now um, we only have about five minutes left and I, I want to give you time for this so the piece that you have up today at issues and insights um, is um, it says uh, five ways that five steps that started the pan- the panic what mm-hmm. were they uh, the, the five, yeah well, they they we went down a long list of things because you know yeah. it, it, you don't get into a panic without doing a number of things that sort of intentionally sort of uh, make the picture worse than it really is. And the fir- the right. first the first thing on our list was that uh, uh, the the deadliness of the disease initially was was exaggerated. If you recall, the World Health Organization came out initially and said it was like 3.4%, you know, the, the initial estimate was, 3.4% yeah. uh, death rate. Well, that would be enormous. That would be millions of Americans dead from this disease. And, and people were, were buying it, too. People believed yes, it. Yes, they did. They did. We, we, we were all terrified, and it was on that basis that we, you know, they, we all agreed we've got to shut down the economy and and stop the transmission of this deadly virus. Well, as time has gone on, we've discovered, of course, that's not true, and yet the panic has remained. Uh, you know, the the actual you know fatality rates, or what they call the infect, infection fatality rate, uh, is somewhere between zero point one percent and uh, 0.4 to 0.5%. In other words, basically, if you take the mid-range of that, it comes out to being uh, uh, equal to a bad case of, of the flu for, for a year. So that, you know, that's, that right there is enough to set off a panic. And people, you know, once they hear the number that millions of people will die, that's, you know, it's hard to get that out of your 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 mind. Mm-hmm. It's hard to wash that out of your mouth. Now you also you know, the said other, the overcounting deaths and undercounting cases. We talked yeah. about that. Yes, we, we we talked a little bit about overcounting deaths, but uh, undercounting cases is equally important because uh, that's what the death rate is based on, and it's one of the reasons why uh, you know the the experts now say we're probably somewhere around zero point two six percent death rate because we have such a, uh, a large number of people who actually appear to have been, uh, you know, been affected by this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've done lots of testing now. We're testing six, 700,000 people a day, something like that. And, uh, and so we're finding more and more and more of these cases and people, you know, the, 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 actual ex- exposure to the virus seems to be quite large, uh, you know, certainly in the, the tens of millions, 20, 
30, 40 million people, maybe even 50 million people by now. Well, I only have uh, about a minute left, uh, Terry. I'll, I'll give you the last three. Ignore positive trends. Uh, also, uh, act as though any new infection is a tragedy and ignore the health consequences of lockdowns. Uh, we pretty much covered that, but that, uh, that pretty well sums it up, doesn't it? I have about 45 seconds left. Yeah, it does. You know, you, if you ignore positive trends and things, then all you're going to hear is gloom every day. You're going to hear, read the headlines and think the sky is falling when it is in fact not. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you act as, as, as if each new infection is a disaster, that it's going to, you know, that, that this is, this is a sign we've lost control of things. Uh, or that, you know, COVID-19 is now spreading wild in the, in the population. You miss the bigger picture, which is that things are getting better. We have done things to, to, uh, you know, social distancing and whatnot to slow the spread of the disease. And it now appears that, uh, some sort of herd immunity is starting to emerge. Hopefully that will continue. And, and the death rate will continue to go down, and, and we'll, we'll have at the, end, at the end of the summer a virtual non-event here. Let's, let's hope so. Terry uh, Jones, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. It's issuesinsights.com if you want to check it out. Thanks, Terry. Thank you, John. Okay, we'll be right back. Uncle Tom is a movie that leftist Democrats don't want you to see, which, of course, is one big reason why you should want to see it. Uh, Uncle Tom stars Larry Elder, Candace Owens, Herman Cain, and Brandon Tatum. Now, they all share three things in common. They're courageous, they had a life-changing experience, and they are black conservative Americans. Something else they have in common? Their voices are the ones the leftists don't want you to hear at a time when so many desperately need to hear it. It's their stories of how their lives were changed when they finally figured out the truth. It's the story of black conservatives in their own voice. You can see Uncle Tom now on pay-per-view. Just go to UncleTom.com and download it. The stories that these courageous people have to tell will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. It's a story of redemption and hope. It's the story of America's black conservatives, and it's the truth. See Uncle Tom now. Just go to UncleTom.com. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, they're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of their amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, MyPillow towels, roll-and-go anywhere pillows, duvet covers, Giza pillowcases, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Be sure to use promo code STAG. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. Relief factor. Effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks, and my pain was gone, and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com. And then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me.
This is Rhett Rasmussen, president of BestHotGrill.com. We've proudly advertised on the Salem Radio Network since 2014, and you've likely heard about our hot, fast Solaire infrared grills, realistic fireplace gas log sets, contemporary fireballs, and stylish Bromic patio heaters. For those who can purchase now, we are offering, for a limited time, a 15% discount and free shipping at our online store, which you may access through BestHotGrill.com using coupon code STRONG. That's STRONG during check out. But if you can't buy now, I have a special offer just for our valued Salem Radio listeners who contact us for a quote by April 30. I will lock in the prices, the 15% discount, and free shipping until the end of this year, so you can purchase when you are ready. Contact us for a quote by April 30, and you have until December 31, 2020, to pull the trigger. So go to BestHotGrill.com, that's BestHotGrill.com, to buy now with code STRONG, or contact us for a locked-in quote. BestHotGrill.com. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we're back. i got about a minute and a half here. I was going to talk a little bit about uh, Patrick Mahomes, the, uh, the Chiefs quarterback, wanting to be uh, a leader in social justice activism for the NFL. I don't have really time to go into it today, but I'll, I'll try to get to it tomorrow. Maybe have uh, someone come on to talk about that. But uh, if not, I will just... Um, uh, talk about a little bit, but anyway, uh, before I go, I just the, the, there's a there's a piece out today at uncoverdc.com about the mask fiasco, which is a major obsession for me. I I, I just think it's so ridiculous, but um, they point out that in ping pong like fashion, there's conflicting stories on masks. There's video of Anthony Fauci telling us that masks are useless for preventing viral spread, and then there's video of Fauci telling us facial coverings will prevent the spread. World Health Organization tells us not to wear masks unless we're care. That's the World Health Association organization. Don't wear a mask unless you're sick or caring for someone who is. And then they tell. Then they're coming out and saying the public should wear masks. That's a pretty big difference, don't you think? And you shouldn't wear them, and you should. That's kind of a you know, 180 degrees. I I um, I uh, I, I just don't get the mask thing. And then we have His Excellency and Aunt Rachel coming out today and scolding everybody for not wearing their masks enough. I saw people today on a bike path. I saw somebody riding by on a bike wearing a mask. It's enough to make you want to just uh, give up. But I'm not ready to give up. So I'll be back tomorrow. I'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. Bye. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.